Under the leadership of that haughty woodsman, Daniel Boone, a large party set out for the new land, Kentucky. Where else tell to be pretty like me? I'm Colonel Harold Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Have I told you you people are crazy? This is Old Kentucky Tales, the only podcast that solemnly swears that we have never been involved in an E-Town throwdown. Unless Todd has been in a fight in, in uh, E-Town. He has not. Okay, we, we're all in the clear. Today's title is Carrie Nation Should Have Been a WWE Diva. I am your host, Brent Taylor. To my left is the man who would make a great WWE handler himself, <laughs> Jason Donner. Uh, and what is a handler? That's the person who comes out and talks for the wrestler if they've got a wrestler that can't talk very well. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that means that you, you, mean come out like, there, you You do all the talking He's for so mad at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're like, the, the <laughs> he's going to get here, you. Right. He's like 400 pounds, <laughs> but he can't, you know, he, he can't really put a sentence together. <laughs> That's but then, terrible, But Brad. then they send you out and you go, oh, yeah, this guy right here I'm is going to tear man. you limb from Did they, they don't really have those. Yeah. They do? Yeah. Well, let the wrestlers speak for themselves. Well, sometimes they can, and they're they're actually the most popular wrestlers. Yeah. But then they've got some that can't, but they're like a physical specimen. (laughs) What do you mean they can't? They just are not that good at it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's Brent Taylor, everyone. (laughs) No, I did not name any specific No, you did not. (laughs) So if you're a fan (laughs) of one of those kind of guys. Now you're disclaiming. (laughs) That's right. That's right. In this episode of Old Kentucky Tales, our main event will examine a temperance event that resulted in a lost temper. In our bonus material, we'll look at a government driving tip that proves common sense isn't that common. And along the way, don't forget to support the fake history sponsors who support Old Kentucky Tales. The products are real, only the sponsorship is fake. The Carmen Sita, rest for the weary, comfort for the invalid, and luxury for all. The wonderful pneumatic chair, the novelty of the age. It is the greatest invention of the 19th century. It combines all the essentials and comforts of the ordinary rocking chair with the features of fanning its occupant with the perfumed breezes of fairyland. A bellows adjusted underneath the seats operates with the ordinary rocking motion and expels the air through a tube over the occupant. No flies to bother you, no mosquitoes to pester you. It's an indispensable piece of furniture for all but especially for summer resorts, club rooms, parks, theaters, hotels, hospitals, and private offices. Its usefulness is unlimited. Sold only by Henry Ort, 2 East 2nd Street, Maysville, Kentucky. <laughs> That's a, it's a good one, right, Jason? You sit on this chair. Yeah, you got to see the picture. Right, you sit <laughs> you, on the chair. You rock in it, Yeah, and then it's got like a fan motion. <laughs> That sends the air through a tube over your head. Yeah, it's like a bellows. Right? It blows down on top <laughs> of your a, head. Yeah, there's a tube blowing down, straight down, right in front of the guy's face. I mean, it says its usefulness is unlimited, but it seems limited to one thing, blowing flies off your face. <laughs> it would be good for that, I suppose. Wouldn't it be putting – it'd be put your pipe out all the time. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> this yeah, is so could be some drawbacks, weird, right? I thought it was just kind of because it says the world's or the wonderful pneumatic chair. That sounds great. You know, maybe you can adjust it for how you sit, your comfort level. That's what I thought this course, was. But pneumatics is air pressure. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, but whatever. I mean, the air adjusts to your body. I don't know. Oh, what. okay. I, see. I didn't expect you to say that ornament over his head was going to blow air down. <laughs> so every rock just did a little, little poof. 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 Okay. 
I think it's an air conditioning sort of thing, that too, too, right? They don't have fans in the 19th century. <laughs> <laughs> Back and forth like that. People like things. This just shows you people like things, you know? And I think as they hit the it might right be. word there with novelty. Yeah, it isn't. That's a novelty. Somebody would come along and say, that's amazing. And just right, worth and, having to and, talk but, about. But then they would never want to sit in it. It'd probably bother you. It'd blow your hair in your yeah. face or whatever. <laughs> now for the moment we've all been waiting for. The main event. Round one. So you're a big history kind of buff. So you probably looked Me? into yeah. I hate history. <laughs> oh, that is not true. <laughs> You're that a big history true. buff. No, I love it. That's what I prefer <laughs> to read, watch, anything. <laughs> so, so have you ever looked into Carrie Nation before? I've never heard of that. No. Okay, so that's a person. Yeah. So, and that's actually her real name, Carrie. Yeah. Carrie A Nation. And I thought for the longest time that's got to be some kind of stage name. But that was her actual name. Yeah, it's like name. a slogan. Yeah. I guess as the story plays out, right? Yeah. She's an anti-drinking person. She's one of these people okay. who want to come along and shut down all the bars. Yeah, and, they really and did. Get the laws about it and all that stuff. Yeah. Turn of the 20th century. Get rid of all these drunkards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you'll use that kind of um, terminology about it and the whole bit. So she was controversial. She was famous for making big scenes at bars and and this kind of thing. Oh, so she would go in and like cause a scene. Yeah, as a matter of fact, she used to carry this hatchet around. You know, <laughs> go into the wrong bar and start smashing the place up. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but then like, they like would... super in your face protest wow. destruction stuff. Okay. She's hardcore then. Right. Hardcore <laughs> teetotaler. That's carrying. She would then be arrested and thrown in the Huskow. Uh Possibly. Or worse. Because see, you, you've got <laughs> She'd to, be you've got to deal with the people that you're oh, dealing with, right? And right. you're threatening their livelihoods. Oh, yeah. That, so, yeah. Forget about the sheriff. Exactly. Just busting into their bar and destroying things, then they'll, they'll nail you. Okay. So that gets us our backdrop for this okay. thing. I got it. She was on her way to Elizabethtown. She's kind of crisscrossing the region, making speeches about how bad alcohol is and that sort of thing. <laughs> so she picks up here. This is actually her version of the story. Uh, a saloon keeper, GR Neighbors of Elizabethtown, Kentucky, struck me over the head with a chair, July 23rd, 1904, in going up to the hall to fill an engagement. I passed this man and walking into his saloon said, why are you in this business, drugging and robbing the people? Hush, you get out. I replied, yes, you want a respectable woman to get out, but you will make any woman's boy a disgrace, and you ought to be ashamed. I then passed out going to the hall. After the, I, I believe she means she's passing out of the doorway. Oh, passed out then, through the going hall. On, yeah. Okay. Yeah. After the lecture, I passed by his place again. He was sitting in a chair in front of the saloon, and I said, are you the man that runs this business? And in a moment with an oath, so that's cursing, he picked up the chair and with all his strength sent it down with a crash on my head. I came near falling, caught myself, and he lifted the chair a second time, striking me over the back. The blood began to cover my face and run down from a cut on my forehead. Are you telling me this is not wrestling? <laughs> yeah, she took a shot. 
of the chair without even going down the first one. Yeah, then she got a second chair It is chair a shot. wrestling, yeah. Just break a wooden chair over her head. Yeah, I can't tell, tell you how many times that scene has played out oh, on yeah. wrestling. Uh-huh. <laughs> they get that the aluminum. Scene. Not aluminum chair, but a metal chair and yeah. bend it, crack it over their head. Or my personal favorite. I don't know if you've seen this one or not, but if you have a chair on the mat and then the person falls on the chair, uh-huh. you take a second chair. <laughs> And hit the two chairs together with the with their head in the yeah. middle. Oh no, I have not seen that. And that's called a concerto. <laughs> no, you're yeah. making this up. No, it's not. Who it's... does that move? Uh, I have seen a few different wrestlers really? do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one named Edge was I did it the most that I that I ever saw. <laughs> right. I believe he's now kind of at the tail end of his career, but he had some uh, some injuries. No, he's not. He's the best. Don't say things like that. <laughs> The man oh, likes right. his chairs. All, all the Edge fans are going to. <laughs> okay, so he's just hitting her. He's just not happy with her. It's the same guy. Yeah. Cracks her over the head. Yeah, so she came by once and heckled him. Yeah. She got away with it. She went out on better business, came back a second time and heckled him a second time, yeah. and he just snapped. Gave her the chair. Two chair shots. I cried out, he has killed me. An officer caught the chair to prevent the third blow. There were two officers in the crowd. I cried, is there no one to arrest this man? No one appeared to do it. He went back in his saloon, I to the hotel. Someone sent for a doctor who came and dressed the wound on my forehead. My left arm was badly bruised, also on my back. Had it not been for my bonnet, I should have suffered more. So apparently the bonnet cushioned the blow of the chair a yeah. little bit. Maybe she means a hat that's thicker than the bonnet that I'm thinking of, <laughs> which wouldn't do much protection. I guess it, it would protect scratching, maybe, something For sure, like that. yeah. I'm not sure exactly what she means there. This outrageous act roused the people. Indignant women and men came to see me, saying this outrage would not be tolerated. The Methodist minister especially was deeply moved. There were two officers who saw this outrage, but there was no arrest. That's actually a little bit misleading. He he did have to go to court over this. Uh, so maybe she just means not immediately, or yeah. she's exaggerating a little bit because it's her own biography or autobiography. Uh, next morning, Mrs. Betty James came in two miles from the country and had an arrest sworn out against neighbors. But the case was laid over to await the action of the grand jury. I intended to go to Mammoth Cave, but remained over on account of trial and never spoke again that night. Elizabethtown is one of those bad rum towns in Kentucky. But there is a fine prohibition sentiment, and great indignation was felt and expressed that even a saloon keeper could be... <laughs> you like that? Uh -huh. even a, I mean, these are bad people, she says, but he was... This is even lower. He's like the worst out yeah. of the bad people. Even a saloon keeper could be so low and cowardly as to strike a woman and still be tolerated. I was in bed most of the day and nearly fainted during the lecture, but I thanked God that I was counted worthy to suffer so that others need not. I felt some mother might, rec uh, might receive fewer blows, that if my head was bruised and bleeding, it might prevent other hearts from being crushed and broken, souls from going to drunkards' graves and drunkards' hells. And this outrage would reveal the enormous brutality of this curse, thus bringing a speedy remedy. 
And this predates Prohibition what? By a lot. So that event is 1904. Yeah. Prohibition nationally is not with us until 1920. Ah. So it was, it's a really long process because they had to amend the Constitution to, oh, yeah. to get it to be a national thing. Yeah. They, a lot of states had this law or that law or something, but but the national thing wasn't until 1920. The question I was thinking of about that was like what did other factors motivate that besides just not just the pressure from these people that clearly felt strongly about this. It just seems unworkable to try to ban that. But was there other factors in it? Like did World War II or World War I play a role in that somehow? Part, the thing I saw about World War I and Prohibition was that we were in a real recycling and saving kind of mode yes. in World War One because you got to throw everything at the war effort. You don't want to waste. You don't want to be wasteful. Okay. And so then you're going to take all this corn and all these potatoes and whatever, and you're going to just waste it by creating alcohol okay. when it could be feeding people. We were trying to feed refugees around the world, and we were trying to feed an army. Okay. And, and so there was that was actually one of the World Another War major. One arguments about it. So there's a lot of stuff. Sure, uh, yeah. But but that movement predated World War One even, and they just I guess they just got enough momentum. Was uh, it was Wilson right? He was the president at the time. So Wilson is there. There's going to be a 1920 election, but that guy you know was just now coming in. That's Harding. So so Wilson's around as it's being finalized. Uh, but the, and he supported it then. You know, I'm, I don't think I have maybe, read his personal I, position. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing or... But he was try- the son of a minister and... I mean, so yeah. I'm guessing that he I, wasn't the biggest opponent if he did have those I guess feelings. I'm trying to see if like uh, just in terms of uh, like he changed. I feel like that that was the case that he, he you know, he, cha- he came around to support it, um, which now could be for may, different reasons. That may be right. He did that on a couple of issues. Uh, so there may be something there. I've, but I've never read his personal statements Yeah, I don't know. It. Yeah. So it'd be, that would be worth looking into. Because, but, uh, but really, I just see that not so much as Wilson, but as a larger movement. We call oh, it the, yeah. the, the progressive era. It predated the Civil War, even, some of that oh, stuff. Yeah. And they just – alcohol was so ingrained in the culture, though. I mean, you, That's what my argument would be, too. I mean, it seems impossible to re- try to remove that. It was tough. Now, Americans Suddenly, do, do – like We do like to follow the rules. I mean, you've seen most. What? <laughs> we do. It, we, <laughs> now, Americans don't want to have too many rules. Right. But, but when the rule gets established – we tend to go along with it. Yeah. And that happened in the beginning of Prohibition, too. But then later, I guess people got tired of it or... Well, yeah, they missed it. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> they Not were that they're all just uh, addicted or, or whatever, or what they classify as a drunkard. But there are plenty of other people that just drank it. And now it's gone. Now this part of our lives that's always been there is just gone. And the economic impact. Yeah. Because I mean, those are those were legal jobs that have suddenly been made illegal, and so that you know you got an issue with that too. But um, but yeah, she she was leading that crusade. That's all really interesting, just in terms of the uh, how it played into the mob and the, the power that the you know the mafia gained through prohibition. Unintended consequences yeah. is what we call <laughs> right. that kind of thing. Yeah. Because I mean, it just all went underground. Banning alcohol on the surface of it sounds like, okay, it's going to solve all these social problems and this and that. Yeah, how could that be bad? But then just kind of spun out of control, right? One of the enduring lessons of prohibition. Let's pay a few bills while we're at it. Alabastine. 
the only durable wall coating. Calcimines are temporary, rot, rub off, and scale. Smallpox and other disease germs are nurtured and diseases disseminated by wallpaper. Alabastine should be used in renovating and disinfecting all walls. What in the world Just is took, that? Took down wallpaper. If you have wallpaper, you've got smallpox small hiding pot. inside it. Yeah, nurturing, being nurtured. I don't think that <laughs> would possibly stand up under any sort of scientific scrutiny. Do you? Yeah, that's that the smallpox is living in the middle of your wall somewhere. Right, it's disseminated by wallpaper. Uh, yeah, apparently if it's, you it's lick just your shooting wall- out into the living room, right? <laughs> lick your wallpaper. And the doctor is telling this mother that, oh, you had wallpaper, and, and now your kid is in big trouble. I mean, that's just absolutely bad. If you read the quote with the doctor, it says, one layer of wallpaper is bad enough. You have three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's triple the germs. It says baby may recover but, but cannot, cannot thrive, thrive yeah. in a smallpox wallpaper And you see how guilty you're going to be now. Man, laying it on thick there. <laughs> I love Africans. This old advertising, it's great. That one, right? This one though, kind of feels a little familiar because I mean, you've seen like every company now is trying to t- sure. sell you on like, well, we are doing it the germ freeway. Right. No contact. No contact. Still Give terrifying when they knock or, on your door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they have your delivery like no contact except. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think the, the mob has finally come for you or something? But, oh no, it's just yeah, a grocery delivery. Like, no, they're already walking away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we do have our bonus material still. Let's hit the road. Message furnished by the Governor's Coordinated Committee for Traffic Safety. Pedestrians who have the right-of-way can be hurt just as severely as those who enter or cross a street illegally. Alertness on both the driver and the pedestrian's part and obedience to the law by each can reduce the number of pedestrian accidents. There you go. Do you know the pedestrian who scares me the most? Looking down at the phone uh-huh. and about to enter the roadway. Yeah. I don't see a lot of pedestrians, though, anyway. You know, I guess a parking lot. That's a pedestrian. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. it is. And they're always on their phone. Parking lot. It's not like crossing the street. People are a little bit more. Yeah. Fearful, but in a parking lot, you could just do whatever. I'm walking, I'm going, I don't care. <laughs> it's a looking for yeah. traffic free zone. <laughs> Still don't hit them. It's going to hurt. <laughs> do we have to have a disclaimer on this one, too? <laughs> like, do not use your cell phone while crossing the street. Do you te- Are you texting while you're driving, Brent? I do not do that. Yeah, I wouldn't think no. you would. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and plus, like. Nothing's that urgent. Almost no. nothing is so urgent. No, no. I mean, <laughs> so it's just. But a, even then, you pull over, or right. But look at us. We're we're like really this saving a, people with this. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Depressing <laughs> them. Also, we have now turned to the final page of this chapter. But that's just fine. It's there's always more stories to be told. You can download even more episodes on iTunes or the NPR One app. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rate us. It's nice to have all that activity out there. Special thanks to WKMS, our producer Todd Birdsong, the Paducah School of Art and Design, West Kentucky Community and Technical College, and the rest is history. History.